we want to see more multicultural women in positions of power. And we really do want to change the face of leadership. We know, as we talked about earlier, that because of the broken rung, there the, an equal amount of people come into the workforce, and but it changes once you get to higher leaders. And we want to work with the leadership that exists today, the organizations, and help them provide the tools for them to bring these multicultural women along. And then we also want to help the multicultural women and, and help them speak up for themselves, understand what they want, realize they don't need to do it alone, uh, change course without hesitation. We know there's a lot of things that they can implement that we've seen. It's a small number of women that we interview on our podcast about how do they break the rules because it's a small women amount of women that get to those positions of power. Hi everyone, welcome back to the All Inclusive podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Marari Simeon, former VP of HR at PepsiCo, activator of talent and author. I'm also gonna be joined by Elisa Manjerez, marketing leader and executive coach. Together, Marari and Elisa host the popular podcast, What Rules? and are the founders of Zera Consulting. We delve deep into the heart of gender equity in the workplace and explore the importance of breaking traditional career rules to create opportunities. Additionally, Marari and Elisa share how organizations can enhance their support for women striving for career advancement. And we'll be uncovering the essential traits that define effective leaders in promoting gender equity and explore strategies for individuals to cultivate these vital qualities. As always, before jumping into the video, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on your notification bell, and follow on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. That being said, Let's jump in. Hi, ladies. Hello. It's so good to see you. Hello. Yes. So great to see both of you. Thank you so much for coming and joining me here on the show. Um, so let's kick things off. Tell our listeners a little bit more about yourselves and what has actually inspired you to be such passionate advocates for women in the workplace. We started our, we have a podcast. It's called the What Rules Podcast. And we ask women who, multicultural women who have advanced in their career, how did you do it? Because somehow we know after talking to so many women that you've had to break the rules to get ahead. And so we ask women, how did you do it? And for me personally, I've always been really passionate about seeing women in the workplace. I worked for a tech company. It was like, almost all men. And I was one of the only women I was in marketing at the time. And I was like, okay, there's something off here. I know so many smart women. And as we've done this podcast, my passion for multicultural women and seeing them advance has really increased. And now we are doing a conference called the What Rules Leadership Conference in October. And just talk when you know when you talk about I don't know if you have experienced this Natasha but the more you talk about something the more excited you get oh, yeah, and when totally. I talk about like bringing leaders together and equipping you know everyone and 
helping them. I don't know, like this fire has kind of lit inside me the last three years. And it's like, I didn't even know how passionate I was until I started doing the work. For me, it was, um, the passion started early on in my, in my career. It was a woman of color who actually opened the doors for me to start working in corporate America in my first job, really. And it was very quickly when I realized that was one of the very few. And I also realized that if she didn't open those doors for me, I would have probably never made it because it was her sponsorship, which I didn't even know what it meant at the time, that really opened those doors for me. And that then sent me on a journey to really, as I moved up in the organization or even just when I was starting, anybody, if anybody would say, hey, do you know anyone that would be good for this role? That's when I really started opening doors for my friends, opening doors for people that I knew. And honestly, just going back to my friends and I'm like, you have no idea about this job. Like you could actually make good money, right? (laughs) Because growing up, many of my friends and myself included, we didn't know anyone in corporate America. So we are first generation corporate America and being exposed to this early on really kind of fueled me throughout my career to always look for people that look like me and really help them move up in the organization or really bring them in the organization. So for me, it's been something long time coming. And being part of the podcast, as Alicia Alicia mentioned, has been just continuous, I would say, encouragement, but also sad because it reminds me that there's still so much more to do. Mm, Um, But that that keeps me going. I actually have a very similar experience to you, Marori, is that um, I got introduced into corporate kind of England corporate world <laughs> um, through my aunt who was working at um, a financial services and um, I had just recently been kind of let go from a retail job that I had and I was like right what am I gonna do like mm-hmm. I need to make some money <laughs> like, I need to get a job and I had been applying and applying and applying and just hadn't really gotten anywhere and she recommended I start at an entry level position at her at her company. It was my first ever corporate job, and I kind of just slowly worked my way through the ranks there. Um, but yeah, I totally get the feeling like when you look around, that was the first time that I had actually gone into a workplace where I generally felt that oh, okay, I'm not like everyone else here. Like I, there is not that many of us um around (laughs) especially when you're looking up into senior leadership and you're looking at management and and c-suites you don't see very many people that that look like myself or just anyone from underrepresented groups so yeah I think it's so important that um we pay it forward and we kind of help as many people as we can um to excel in advance so from you guys' experience working through from the podcast, just from your own kind of work experience in general, you've talked about um, in order to advance, you're having to break the rules. So what is the, can you give an example of some specific challenges that you faced and you felt that you had to break the rules in order to advance? Yeah, I can start. So for me, <laughs> now I look back and I did just didn't know any better, right? But um there are many and and this and they still continue to happen. So many of them, when I first started in corporate America, from the microaggressions, from people changing my name to 
I'm like, hey, that's fine. At least I'm here, right? That's the way that I thought about it to just even the roles that I was put in at the time. Those things continue to happen today. Now, as an executive, I'm more of, no, this is my name and this is how you pronounce my name and let me help you. But there was a lot of, so for me, I, the way that I have broken the rules in that in that instance, it's more of, I finally said, stop because this is who I am, right? And I felt confident enough to do so. But then also, I didn't use it as a victim mentality. I was more of, I am the only one right now, but I am going to bring others with me. I am going to make sure that when I, I look around me, there's other women that look like me because they're smart. They can do this job. And honestly, I want to create a safe place, not just for me, but for everybody. So for me, that's kind of the way that I felt I broken the rules and continue to do so because now that as an executive I have the power when I hear somebody trying to change somebody's name or someone putting on the table or saying some microaggressions I'm in a position of power where I can stop that in a safe way for everybody but be able to make it comfortable and a more inclusive place for everybody to work in so I, I would say that with Power comes responsibility, and with power comes your ability to break those rules that make other people not feel safe in the workplace. Mm. And Lucia, what about you? What what's your experience been? You know, my um, when I was twenty one, I wanted to be an executive coach. I met someone who was a psychologist and executive coach, and I thought that was really cool. But the only job I'd ever had was working retail at Banana Republic. And so I was like, how can I be an executive coach if I've never really had a, a job like in corporate? And I had no idea how to get there. And I, I think for me, I broke the rules by not kind of by my ignorance. I, had, I knew I wanted to get there. I didn't know how. And so I just started telling people as soon as I graduated, I so told someone I wanted to be an executive coach. And there was a man who uh, at my church who had really nice suits. And I was like, okay, he looks like an executive. Maybe I should talk to him. And I met him and I said, and I had no idea what he did. And I said, um, if you're ever looking to hire someone, you should hire me. I didn't tell him any, I didn't know any better, right? <laughs> I just knew good suits, got to get there. And so eventually at Maybe six months later, he sat down with me and he said, what do you want to do? And I told him about my passion for leaders. And he said, well, I can't quite get you executives, but I am building churches for pastors and working with executive committees, huge, like multi, at the, it was right when mega churches were coming out in America. And like, so he said, we have huge, huge multi-million dollar projects you can lead those and be, I'll train you, I'll send you to a training to be a consultant for these executive pastors. And so I started doing that. And then the more I worked with him, the more I started crafting my role. And from there, I started creating my role at other places. And then I got into marketing and I just started creating it. And I would tell the executive or whoever the CEO, like, this is what I want. And then they would make something for me. And I didn't really know that that was not how you create your, you don't create your career. You like wait for it. Or I don't, I don't know. I guess I broke the rules by creating it along the way. And that's 
what I've done throughout my entire career. I just think about what I want, tell someone, and then they help me figure out how to get there. Mm. What I love about that, because in both of our stories, we created what we wanted to see, right? And we continued to do that, even with Zara Consulting. One of the things, and that's our mission, we want to create what we want to see in this world, and that is women of color in positions of power. And today, that's what we do. We help organizations, we help leaders, and we help multicultural women advance their careers. And it is all just basically on our beliefs that we want to create what we want to see in this world. And we believe that each of us has a job to do. And that is ours today. Oh, I love it. No, no, I completely love that. And I think it's, as you said, it's one of you, you definitely have broken the the rules in, in actually going for and creating the roles and positions that you want, um, which I, for one, is is not necessarily been my my experience i was kind of very much taught through my mom like just put your head down work really hard and <laughs> you will be rewarded through the great work that you're doing um and it will just shine through and you'll ju- you'll just naturally you'll get picked at some point <laughs> the <laughs> point did not come <laughs> yeah <laughs> or it was just taking too long um and i very quickly realized that actually you know what um i'm going to actually need to do a little bit more than just my day job or my day job really really well um and it's just navigating that i find can be quite difficult and finding the confidence to step out and say hey actually um could we do this or just suggesting or or being heard which is a, a massive struggle i find for for women in the workplace is them getting the recognition and also the acknowledgement of the great work um, and being listened to. Um, So what would you say is an effective way for organizations to help support women in the workplace and for them to advance? You know, I love that you said um, that that's not the way you grew up. So many of us, right, culturally for women and research shows it, right? Research shows that that's how we are. So That's one thing organizations can do, right? The research is there. So how do we help her, right? How do we come to her with the positions? These are all the things you can do. What would you like to do? Just even asking is one thing managers and organizations can do. A lot of the times you hear at a people planning table, well, I didn't know Natasha wanted to do that. But we know research shows that is not common for women, period. Now, when you start getting multicultural, there are so many, you know, um, cultures that we grew up, I grew up in, we all grew up in that tells you, hey, just hang in there. Just don't don't say anything. I was fortunate enough that I kind of got adopted by some sponsors and mentors in corporate America starting early on that were just like, no, you go ask for it. You go do this. But that wasn't something that I learned from family members because I was the first generation. So for me, organizations, number one, need to be more open and foregoing, leverage the data that's out there and, and use it. Number two, organizations need to understand and really look internally at where are the gaps. So we all know that when you look at the funnel, the talent management pipeline, we may have many women at the entry level, but where, and we heard of the broken rung, right? There are, Women get stuck at the first promotion level. So being able to understand, hey, are those promotions are parity? And let's hope they are. But if they're not, 
what are you doing about it, organization, and focus in those areas. Now, the higher you go up, we all know, right? Research shows that it's only one in four women, multicultural women that are in those positions as a VP. So what are we doing? And to me, it goes three ways. Number one, do they have a mentor? If they don't, let's have let's take that responsibility. Number two, do they have an executive coach? Let's help and let's support them. The chances are that they're brilliant women that can do the job but haven't received the opportunity. And number two, they probably do not have, didn't grow up several generations in corporate America, right? And then number three, who's sponsoring them, right? The person, me, I have the responsibility to find sponsors, but as an organization, who, who's sponsoring Natasha? Who's sponsoring Alisa? Mm. Why are their names not being brought up at the table? So I really believe we all have a job to do and organizations got to start with those three. There's other things they could do, but I would say those, those are the first, <laughs> those three. Are the first three. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. And I mean, it is been talked about. There's a balancing act between your career aspirations and personal life right and there's some people will say oh you've got to find the balance between the two others will say no you've got to kind of work co-work together and it be a combination um what what would you guys think how can how can we still advance in our careers and still balance our personal lives because a lot and some may well be mothers some have other family responsibilities um we've got a lot going on as as individual human beings anyway but I feel for women as well that they can be a lot (laughs) so how what would you guys think how can we do it you know it's funny um uh, now as an executive coach I coach women all the time who feel like they have to be 100% responsible for 100% of everything they do and you know they are and they feel like they're responsible for, I always say they're, they feel like they're responsible for a 50,000 member organization. <laughs> and so they put their heads down, they work really hard, and then they have to own their families, their friends, their relationships, they have to do everything. And the more, and you know, for me, I'm single, I don't have kids, but I'm still an adult and adulting is hard, <laughs> right? Yes. So sometimes my dishes are not washed. Most of the time they aren't. And you know, a lot of times for me personally, I feel like I have to be superwoman and I don't, no one told me that, right. It's something inside of me that feels like I have to have it all together, but the more executives we interview, the more we find that you, once you determine what, it, what do you want in this season, what's important for you in the season and what are the things that are okay to kind of fall off a little bit right now. And if you're in go, go, go all seasons, all the time, you're going to burn out no matter what your focus is and you're not going to get to where you want to be. So it's a matter of recognizing where are you at right now? If this is, if you're, if you just had a baby, for example, like you probably need to focus on growing, you know, growing that little human in your house. And, uh, but if you've just gotten a promotion, maybe you need to put a lot of your energy in that first 90 days in your career. So it's just a matter of figuring out where you are, what's the situation um, around you. You're giving yourself permission to let go of the things that aren't the top priority. 
I love how Alisa put it is every season requires a different balance. Mm. And the way that I look at it and as a leader, as an executive leader, I truly believe that work-life balance is different for every individual. So for me, it was really critical to have individual relationships with the people that work for me so that I could understand what your need is because your need is probably going to be very different than Alisa's need. So if I say, hey, everybody could have off on Friday or we need to have this call on, at two o'clock every day, how is that impacting the woman or the man that has to pick up that child at, at 2 p.m.? And if I say everybody's off on Fridays, then how does that help somebody else that may be training for a marathon and needs a different day, right? So to me, I was always very, it, it was very important to me to understand what were the situations that that person was going through at that point in their life so that I can accommodate them so that they could continue to do a great job? And the chances are that when you help them with their um, work-life balance, they're going to do the work and they're just going to be that much more dedicated and engaged because you're helping that spe specific area of their life. So to me, uh, it depends. It really depends what you're going through. And I really believe that organizations many times look at a blanket work-life balance policy, and we really should be trying to understand what is the need of the individual. Now, of course, you need guidelines, but at the end of the day, the work is if the work is getting done and it's getting and it's getting done efficiently and effectively, then what does it matter to me if I have that meeting at two o'clock or at ten? right? Mm -hmm. Let's figure that out. What's best for the team. Yeah. And I think it goes back to organizations. When you talk about how do you actually make a difference? It's one human at a time. Yes. And if you're a manager, or a leader, it's about getting to know where, what seasons that person's life are in. <laughs> <that Yeah>. it? <laughs> and, you know, if you know what the person's going through, it doesn't mean you have to know all their secrets or all their personal lives, but if you know, they are, they have to take off early because of something and you've had a relationship with them. It's not, now it's not about, are you getting the work done? It's about building trust uh, both ways. So the person, you want to make the person feel safe saying, Hey, I need to take off at two, just as much as you want to give yourself as a leader permission to ask questions and say, Hey, is everything okay? Or, Oh, that's really exciting. You're running a marathon let's send you a water bottle, you know, whatever it is, it, you can completely change the relationship. If you just look at all of your leaders as humans and all of the people that they lead as humans, it's, it's so simple. I don't know I why know, we don't. I know. I think I, for me, what in everything that you've, you've kind of, both of you have said the, what's standing out to me, is just that people first leadership, that kind of people first mindset. Um, as a, when you are working within a team is to understand that everyone is different in so many different ways and it's navigating and actually taking the time out to understand those individual human beings that are in your team and where they need help and support and um, the flexibility within the workload that they've got as well I think is key because like you said if, if a meeting at two isn't going to work that's fine let's see whether we can kind of tailor that around what you need and then move it to 10 if it's if it works for everyone but it's yeah. it's the first step is having that conversation and finding out whether it is actually going to work for everyone or not right which I think some a lot of leaders tend to assume make a lot of assumptions 
Um, whereas I think it's quite key that we just ask the question. Um, I think the other key is actually when the leader asks you, what do you need support with? That you tell them. That you tell them. <laughs> well, yeah, that's your... my next question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, always guys. be ready. I can't tell you how many people I've mentored or I met. I'm like, okay, how can I support you? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, you're meeting with a high level executive. Like, this is your time. Make sure that you know what you need and that is something that it's going to be transformational or really help support you. And it's not, oh, I just want you to speak here. No, like, what can I do for you? When yeah. they ask, I would say, be ready and always have that in your pocket. Um, from, from an executive and a leadership standpoint, how can you, what would be the qualities of a leader which enables their team to be open and honest with them? So when they do ask those questions, they actually do get, those responses back and those honest responses yeah i would say number one they have to listen understand and seek to understand first number one and i would say be empathetic like really truly try to understand what their needs are and there may be times that you can't give the answer right there but show that number one you care that you're trying to understand how you can help solve the that problem or the other pieces brainstorm with them okay this is what how how can we help let's brainstorm together and then finally and probably the most important one that you're not penalizing that person or making them feel uncomfortable or terrible or wrong for asking for support i think that that's how you lose trust if you want anybody another human being to trust you it's how you make them feel and how do you react to when they're asking you for support Lovely, I love those tips. Um, so just before you guys leave us, because I'm so much enjoying our conversation today, um, <laughs> let's look towards the future. What would you, what's your vision for the future in terms of gender equity, women advancing in the workplace? What do you want to see? We wanna see more multicultural women in positions of power. And we really do wanna change the face of leadership. We know, as we talked about earlier, that because of the broken rung, there the, an equal amount of people come into the workforce, and but it changes once you get to higher leaders. And we want to work with the leadership that exists today, the organizations, and help them provide the tools for them to bring these multicultural women along. And then we also want to help the multicultural women and, and help them speak up for themselves, understand what they want, realize they don't need to do it alone, uh, change course without hesitation. We know there's a lot of things that they can implement that we've seen. It's a small number of women that we interview on our podcast about how do they break the rules because it's a small women amount of women that get to those positions of power. So we want to increase that. And we know that this is not just a, a wishy-washy vision. Research shows that if we fix the broken wrong, you would add over a million women in the workplace if we were to fix that tomorrow. So we know that our vision is not impossible, but we also know that we need everyone, organizations, managers, and multicultural women to do their part so that this vision can come to life. So we believe we can change the face of leadership but we also know that we need everybody involved because the data's there. The women exist. They're graduating at higher rates. 
they're out there. And actually, even when you look at research from a multicultural perspective, it tells you that multicultural women actually want to exceed in the workplace and are looking for promotions more so than people who are not multicultural. So they want it. They have the education. They're prepared. They just need the opportunity. Mm, no, literally, that's, that's, that's the word that I was looking for as well. It's just, it's getting that opportunity, isn't it? Um, and I know you guys are doing fantastic work and you have got a, an event coming up soon. Um, I would really love to hear a little bit more about that event because I know this is something that you're very much passionate about. So for you, you mentioned about um, providing a space for advancement for, for not just the women, but also to help organisations advance. So I'd l- love to hear a little bit more about, about this event and how that actually does does do that. <laughs> yeah, we're having a virtual event October 25th. And what we've done is we're, we're inviting small teams and large teams throughout organisations for managers, and they don't have to have multicultural women on their team. We, we just want to see the managers and leaders who want to build inclusive cultures. So if they have a desire to also change the face of leadership, we're inviting them to this conference. We're inviting multicultural women of all levels to the conference. And how it'll work is we have different workshops. So we have a track for anyone in leadership and a track for multicultural women who are looking to advance. And then we bring them all to, we literally bring them all together and do a little bit of group coaching. And we have these incredible, inspiring speakers who are speaking to both groups of people at at the same time. And we are so fortunate to uh, have these other women come alongside us and support us from Coca-Cola, Albertsons, EY, we, it's just going to be so exciting because this is one of the first conferences ever that brings together leaders from organizations of all colors and multicultural women. So we're really excited about starting this off. We hope to do more events like this in the future. At the end of the day, from an organizational perspective, we want to help organizations future-proof the organization because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, multicultural people are growing and they are the majority. So as organizations and leaders, if you want to truly future-proof your organization and build those thriving, inclusive cultures, then you need to come to our conference (laughs) because (laughs) we are here to help you advance multicultural women because you're going to fall behind if you don't. We are here. We exist. And um, we're just, it's only a matter of time if we decide if we want to work with you or not. And you can make that decision as an organization by future proving it and working with us to help you. Oh, fantastic. Cool. I've so much enjoyed our conversation today. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired. I, I, I can't wait for, for the event. Um, for anyone who is listening, if they want to learn a little bit more about the both of you and also the event, um, how can they do that? You can go to whatrulespodcast.com. All of our LinkedIn is there, our event, our conference there, whatrulespodcast.com. Oh, perfect. Well, I will be linking below um, this episode a link to that podcast for you guys. So anyone who is listening, they can follow that and get more information with you. Um, I'm Once again, I, like I said, I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled we was able to have this conversation today. Um, it's, it's definitely inspiring. I love to see women trying to do 
do their utmost in order to advance others through. So um, I'm here alongside you girls. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you.